Hey, everybody, it's Pastor G. Hey, I love you. I appreciate you. Hey, I'm praying for each and every one of you on today. It's a phenomenal day at the Rock Church. Hey, I love you. I pray that each and every one of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I pray that each and every one of you are remaining safe. Whatever you're doing, that you're wearing a mask. I'm praying for all of our frontline and essential workers that are continue to work through this pandemic. I pray that each and every one of you are healthy and blessed. On today, I want to introduce a powerful man of God, a grace gift to the entire body of Christ. His name is Bishop Robert Lyons, a phenomenal teacher, a father, husband. I mean, he's the presiding bishop of the Numa Life Fellowship. He serves as the senior pastor of the marketplace in Dayton, Ohio. He's a friend, he's a mentor, he's a teacher, he's a great tutor. He is one of those that understands what it means to be the chief defender of the Bible. He loves teaching the Bible. I believe you guys are gonna see that on today. I wanna just release him and introduce him to our church for, what, for several reasons. He's going to be laying hands on your pastor and consecrating me and appointing me to the office of the bishopric to serve in the Numa Life Fellowship, to undergird and to walk with him and our other brothers and sisters in Christ as the bishop of worship and liturgy there. Uh, but, more, but more so, I really wanted to release him to speak a word into our church today, to speak a word into our families today. As we move into this next season of ministry, it's going to be very important, Rock Church, that, that you and I, our families, our brothers and our sisters, that we remain connected to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's going to be very important that you and I understand the season that we're in. We're in a season where God is getting ready to mend. We're in a season where God is getting ready to allow us to reap some of the things that we have sown. It's been a hard season. I understand that there's major fatigue and everybody really wants to get out, but I want you to hear the voice of your pastor today, that God has, has it under control, that God knows all, that all we need to do is just remain in place just for this next season. Now, I don't know how long the season is going to be, but I really believe that Bishop Lyons is going to reach, he's, he's going to release a word to us today talking about the journey to hope. He ministered this word so powerfully uh, under the anointing in our virtual convocation for New Life Fellowship that we had back in November. And I wanted to just bring this to the Rock Church. I wanted to release this word because I believe that God wants us to take this next journey to becoming whole, whole in our mind, whole in our finances, whole in our health, whole in relationships and in our family. As we move forward, I ask and I pray that you all take the time to listen to this profound, prolific, awesome teacher. He loves being the teacher as he's continuing to teach us. I want you to just hear the grace that is on his life. Bishop, we love you. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for all that you've done for us, for my family, for my wife. Thank you for the times of impartation. 
Thank you for teaching me and causing me to understand what it means to be the chief defender, to be a senior pastor, to understand that shepherding is not just preaching, it's ministering, it's leading people to the new pastures, it's leading people to the pastures of rest and to the pastures that, that will cause us to prosper in every area of our life. We love you. We appreciate you. Rock Church, I want you to just extend your virtual hands. Give them a hand clap. Bishop, we release you, man. May the grace of God rest upon your life. The blessing of the Lord continue to make it rich in your life. I love you. I appreciate you. You're now in the hands of presiding Bishop Robert Lyons. God bless. Peace. Our theme for this year is the journey to whole, wholeness, wholeness. It's unfortunate, people of God, that we don't really even know what wholeness is anymore. We have misconstrued wholeness as just the ability to get to temporary happy. We've misunderstood wholeness as just this simple time where things are okay right now. Whole. A time where we have to understand that being whole is more than just being temporarily happy. As a matter of fact, as we start, you will hear all week about wholeness in your, your life, wholeness with your family, wholeness with your church. But to be whole, to be healthy, to be complete, to be entire, to be healed. Our text in John chapter 5 is familiar it is this man at this pool of Bethesda. And if you allow me to walk through this pool, I want to really utilize this text as our blueprint for our journey. And so when I deal with the pool at Bethesda, it says right there in verse two, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. Let me stop right there. Here we see this area, this, this expanse, this pool where people are just sitting there, the Bible says, Sick. Now, if it just would have stopped at sick, that would have been one thing, but it says they were sick, blind, lame, and withered. Sick, blind, lame, and withered. If we're going to make this journey to whole, this journey to health complete, this journey entire, this journey healed, there 
has to be this first stage of the journey, which is where do I stand? Where do I stand as it pertains to my home? There are people in this passage, blind, lame, and with to be sick is of health. To be lame is void. To be heard is void of form. To be sick, to be void of health. Many of us in our bodies right now, in the midst of this coronavirus, we find ourselves either sick or afraid of being sick. You're void of the health that the Lord died for. Or maybe your category is, Lord, I'm void of sight. I'm blind. Because please understand, to be blind is not just about the tangible. Some of us can't see in the spirit. Some of us are like, God, where are you at? I, I know there are some people right now who are saying, God, I wish I could hear you better. You are void of spiritual sight. Then some of us, watch, are lame. You're void of movement. I'm trying to progress. Every day I'm trying to get forward. Every day I'm trying to move ahead. But I feel like every time I take one step forward, something pushes me back. But the one that I appreciate, people of God, and the one where many of us overlook is that one where it says withered. The word withered right there in the text is to be deformed, void of form. When I'm deformed, that means that something in my life is no longer in the image of how I was supposed to be. Some of us right now are in one of these categories and we have to be honest. Somebody say, be honest. You have to be honest about where you stand. Am I void of health? Am I void of sight? Am I void of movement? Or am I void of form? Where do I stand? Because too many of us are walking around as if we're okay when truth is you're not okay. If, people of God, we're going to get whole, the first thing that we must be honest about is, Lord, this is where I stand. Because you can't bring anything before the Lord and the Lord say that's too much. There's never a time that you will come before the Lord and the Lord will say that's too big. There's never a time that you will come before the Lord and the Lord will say there's nothing I can do. As a matter of fact, I serve a God who specializes in hard circumstances. So where do you stand? Are you sick in your body? Void of your sight? Void of supernatural, spiritual, even natural movement? Or are you outside of your form? Here's the problem in our text. All of these people in their various states were waiting on the water. And what we will find in the text is that the water had nothing to do with it. Many of us right now, as we are in the midst on this first night of this 2020 convocation, you're waiting on something that you never even need to wait for. You're waiting for God to do a work that he's already done. It says they were waiting for the moving of the water. Verse four, for an angel of the Lord went down in a certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first after the stirring up of the water stepped in was made well from whatever disease which he had afflicted. Look at five, a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? That word well right there would, would, could be translated, do you want to be whole? You know, like the woman with the issue of blood, do you want to be whole? Do you desire to be whole? And as we make this journey, the question that we must ask ourselves is, do I even want this? So, so stage one, where do I stand? Stage two, what do I want? Some of us don't want to be whole. We just want to be liked, glory. Some of us don't want to be whole. We just want to get by, glory. But to be whole is about being complete. It's about being healthy. As a matter of fact, the true definition of prosperity is not how much money you have. It is nothing broken, nothing missing. And so Jesus says, do you wish to get well? Do you want to be whole? As you are listening to me right now, wherever you are, the question is, do you want this? Do you desire this? I'm working my way to my subject. Do you even want to be in the place, in the posture and position of the Lord? As a matter of fact, some of us, even those of us who are in church, every time the church doors open, we like church. We just don't like the Lord. We like the songs, we just don't like the Lord. We like to be around the saints, we just don't like the Lord. And so Jesus asked this man, do you wish to get well? Verse seven, here comes the excuses. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming in, another steps down before me. Many of us are right there. I'm speaking to somebody who's stuck in verse seven. Lord, if somebody else would do this, I'd be fine. We're stuck in verse seven. Lord, if somebody else would just help me, I'd be fine. Let me get practical. If somebody just gave me the loan, I would be fine. If I could just get approved for the house, I would be fine. If somebody would just give me the job, I would be fine. But here in verse eight, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Jesus did not respond to the excuse. It didn't even matter what this man had said. And many of you who are listening to me right now, please allow me to say this to you. Do not allow what you see to stop you from what God said. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. But too many of us, even in this season, help me God, we're struggling with always pointing the finger at it's their fault. If I was just here, I would be better. If it was just like this, I would be better. If they just made this happen, I would be better. But truth is, God is not governed by any of that. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Here's the part that I really like. Verse nine, immediately the man, watch this, became well. And, let me stop. Immediately the man became well. That word well, whole, and. 
Do it again. Immediately, the man became well. Why are you stopping there? Because please understand, the man has been sick for years. And when the Lord spoke, the first thing, glory, listen, listen to the revelation. The first thing that responded was the sickness. Even before he picked up the pallet. Some of y'all missed it. Here's what happened. The Lord said, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. The man hadn't even picked up his pallet yet. But the sickness responded to the word before the man did. He became well even before he picks up the pallet. Please understand, there are some things in you who have more respect for God than even you do yet. You got some problems that will listen to a word even when you don't think that you can be free from them yet. Literally, the man became well at the word and picked up his pallet and began to walk. So the first stage, where do I stand? Am I void of health, void of sight, void of movement, or void of form? Second stage, what do I want? Do I even want to be made well? Or do I want to be pitied? Or do I just want people to say, poor thing? Do I even want to be made well? Now the Bible keeps on going, verse 10, so the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, because now he's cured, right? Now he's walking around and he's healthy. He's whole. That means that he's entire. He's healed. He's walking. He's doing something they've never seen him do. But here's the problem. Even when you make a decision to move forward, there's always going to be somebody that's going to try to discredit what God has done in your life. There's always going to be somebody who's going to try to say that couldn't have been God. Oh, you just got the hookup. Oh, you just got lucky. But there needs to be somebody as we make this journey who is willing to say, no, 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 no. It was God. It wasn't me. It wasn't who I know. It wasn't who I'm connected to other than the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. We need some people in this season to rise up and say, it is God. It wasn't my pedigree. It is not my degree. It is not my credit score. It's the Lord. I don't deserve it. If it hadn't been for him, I'd still be messed up. It's God. It's God that gave me that house. It's God. It's God that promoted me on my job it's God and here is where we see this guy this guy here makes a statement that I believe is so profound still working to my subject verse 11 but he answered them he who made me well was the one who said to me pick up your pallet and walk you know what I love about verse 11 he don't even know it was Jesus <laughs> Jesus never even had to say his name. He doesn't even know it's the Lord. He says, I don't know. Said, okay, if you want me to prove it. Look, look. Uh, they asked him, verse 12, who is the man who said to you, pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Jesus healed him and Jesus didn't want to get the credit. Let me speak to some leaders out there. Our problem in the body of Christ is we get these colors and we get these titles and then we want the credit. Oh boy, we want the credit. We want somebody to say it was us. 
But even if you were to look at the book of James, the book of James said, if there's any sick among you, bring them to the elders and the elders will pray. But watch what the Bible also says, and the Lord will raise them up. So even when we're the instrument, we're still not the ones who ultimately have the power. The Bible says if we're willing and obedient and we need some obedient vessels, this guy didn't even know it was Jesus, but he was willing to say it wasn't me. He was willing to say it wasn't the water. As a matter of fact, he learned something very profound. It was never in the water in the first place it was always in the word it was never in the water it was never about how special the water was it wasn't about the water being stirred it was always the word it was always the word somebody needs to go ahead and type that in the comments or wherever you are it was always the word the word a lamp into our feet the word a light into my path how will a young man keep his way by guarding it according to your word it was always in the word come on now come on we have to understand that the word of God is able to do it why is the word so powerful in the beginning John 1 was the word the word was with God the word was God so every time we declare the word we are bringing Jesus come on now the crucified Jesus the one who hung bled and died on our behalf Jesus the Christ the son of the living God we're bringing Jesus to the situation so he says I don't know who the guy was I don't know all I know is he told me to get up and I got up and so we have to understand something if we're going to be whole, healthy, complete, entire. Number one, where do I stand? Where do I stand? Number two, what do I want? Do I even want this? Number three, who do I credit? Who do I credit? Who gonna get the credit out of this thing? Am I gonna walk around talking about, look at how hard I worked or am I willing to say for God I live, glory, and for God I die? Am I willing to say it was not me? No, it was not me. Am I willing to say it's not my credentials? Am I willing to say it is the Lord? It is the Lord high and lifted up. Am I willing to say God has been better to me than I've been to myself? Am I willing to say I was sinking deep in sin, glory, far from the peaceful shore? Am I willing to say God came down and was able to pull me out of the pit? Am I able to say now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think? You see, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Somebody just say it's the Lord. So number one, if I'm going to be whole, number one, I have to say, where do I stand? Number two, I have to understand what do I want? Number three, I have to say, what do I credit? But here's the part where we often make our mistake. They asked him, verse 12, who's the man? Verse 13, the man who was healed did not know who it was. Jesus slipped away. But here's the problem with this text. I've heard it preached a number of times. We normally stop preaching way back at verse 9. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. That's where we stop. We stop right there. That's, that's the moment we want to shout. It's good, it's good stuff. But here's our issue. Can you maintain your wholeness once the Lord gave it to you? Can you maintain the place of wholeness once God has brought you out? Or, people of God, are you on a merry-go-round of wholeness? On again, off again. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes with it. Sometimes not. So here's my, my last point, And here's where I'm going to bring us our subject. Where do I stand? What do I want? 
Who do I credit? Here's four. How do I maintain? How do I maintain holiness in this world where it seems like everything is not holy? How do I maintain holiness in this place where it seems like everything is against me? How do I maintain holiness where every time I turn on the news, I see more bad news. Every time I read the paper, I see more death reports. How do I maintain when it seems like it is easier to fall than it is to stand? How, glory, do I maintain when even the leaders aren't living the standard? How do I maintain when it feels like I got people who claim to have the blood of Jesus on them? but don't act like the blood has been applied how do I maintain when we have people who are speaking in tongues and, and doing backflips in the church but they still sin and don't love their neighbor how do I maintain and here in verse 14 it says afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him behold you've become well look at what Jesus said behold you're whole all right, you good, you're healthy, you're complete, you're entire, you're healed. Y'all, here's the part of the verse we don't like. Do not sin anymore. Look at this. Jesus says, all right, you good now. Here's my subject. Don't go back. Just don't go back. Don't sin anymore. But here's the part. Here's the part that really got me. So that nothing worse happens to you. Let me let that sink in for a second. Jesus responds, you're healthy now. You're whole now. Don't sin anymore. So you don't get worse. Hear me, Numa. Hear me, people of God. Hear me, all the churches connected to this fellowship. We're not teaching that you can be free from sin. We're teaching that sin is the foregone conclusion of the human existence. We're teaching that sin is just something I'm always going to have to deal with. But Jesus came, he bled, and he died so that I could be free from that. He says, I come that you would not sin. He told the woman, caught in adultery, go away and sin no more. And right here in John, he says, let me tell you what. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're whole. I'm glad you got your healing. I'm glad you got your deliverance. He says, but I got one thing to say. Do not sin anymore. Unless something worse happened to you. I know that might not be the cute message. Some people want it today, but it's the one God gave me. Don't do it no more. Don't go back. We need to understand. I just can't. Somebody listening to me right now. Just I just can't. I can't go back. God, you've been too good. I can't. I can't go back to that old lifestyle. You brought me out of too much. I can't. You brought me too far. I just can't, God. I remember when I was wretched. I just can't go back and I'm going to not give you excuses. I'm not going to say it's just the way that it is. The Bible says all oh, have sinned, past tense. Past tense, you don't have to keep on going. You can be free. 
He whom the son has set free, the Bible says, is free indeed. The Bible goes on to say, if any man, glory, be in Christ, he's new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And listen, I know this modernized gospel that we're preaching tells us you got to struggle all your life. But Jesus says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Is there anybody that believes that if you can just accept the Lord, that your struggle can be? over. Somebody needs to shout, I'm not going back. You brought me too far. You've done too much. You've covered me too hard. You've done too much for me to go back. Somebody needs to shout, I'm not going back. I remember the way it was. I remember how bad it was. I remember all of my difficulty. I remember all of my pain. I'm not going back. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Some people might be able to, but if we're going to be whole, somebody say, I just can't. I just can't. Look at this guy. I'm about done. Look at this guy sitting around for years, waiting on somebody else, sitting around for years, waiting on this external water, sitting around for years. Waiting on somebody to give him permission. And the Lord said it was never in the water in the first place. You needed a word. You didn't need the water. All you needed was a word. You needed Jesus glory. I got to speak to somebody right now. You've been waiting on somebody to give you permission to be whole. You've been waiting on somebody to give you permission to be delivered. You've been waiting on somebody to give you permission to be set free. But it is not in your dance glory. It is not in what church you go to. It is not in any denial what you need is a word you need a word that will come into your life and once the word comes in your life the word is able to free you the word is able to deliver you the word is able to make you whole is there anybody who is willing to say I can't go back I won't go back I refuse to go back God you've been too good for me to go back I can't do it I can't do it. Jesus made sure. Hey, glory. Jesus made sure. He says, I know you're walking around and you're all happy about your new state. You're real happy about your new car. You're real happy about your new job. You're real happy about that new house. You're real happy. But let me tell you something. Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back to sinning, because if you go back to sinning, we don't like this part. It could get worse. Oh, you want some more Bible? Watch this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Why you start there? It is impossible once you have tasted to turn again. You want some more? No man putting his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what are you really saying to me, Bishop? I'm saying that somebody needs to make a decision on this night. I'm going to be whole. I refuse to ever go back to the lifestyle that I used to live. Somebody needs to go back and think things over and say, God, you have brought me too far. You brought me too far. You brought me too far. I can't go back. That's the part of the verse we don't like. He found him in the temple. (laughs) And I find this part interesting. I'm really done. 
He found him in the temple. Don't overlook that, people of God. He found him in the temple. In other words, when he got whole, he went to church. But Jesus thought it was necessary to tell him, even in church, don't sin. Because Jesus knew even then that many of us are at the church but not in Christ. <laughs> Which means that our lifestyle does not measure, it does not add up with what God is trying to do. With what God is trying to say. I'll go back just so we're clear. If you want to be whole, you'll hear all kind of people speaking this into your life. You first have to say, where do I stand, Lori? Then you have to be honest about what you want. Then you have to say, who am I willing to credit? And finally, will I maintain? Somebody listening to me right now, he's done too much. Just type it in the comments, do whatever you can. You know, just type this, I just can't go back. I just can't. I just, glory, I just can't. As I'm about to pray for us, I'm reminded of the story where the scripture says, when the evil spirit is gone out of a man, goes to and fro, looking for somewhere to go and finding nowhere, it said, I'll go back to the place where I came. It says, when it finds that place, sweat and garnish, that evil spirit goes and finds seven others stronger than itself. It says the last state of the man is worse than the first. Please hear me, people of God. God has done way too much for us to continue to repeat the patterns of sin. To continue to repeat the patterns of transgression. To continue to repeat the patterns of disobedience. But he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Again, somebody just said, I just can't go back. I can't, I can't, I cannot. I refuse. Somebody needs to be emphatic about it. I refuse to go back. Wherever you are, allow me to pray with you on this first night. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to be honest about where I stand. I'm going to be honest about my state and when I am made whole I will not go back I thank you God I thank you God from the stuff you've already delivered me from the stuff I didn't deserve to be delivered from now God give me the strength personally Give me the strength in my family. Give me the strength in my church to operate and walk in the standard of holiness 
and not go back. In the strong name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.